0: Hello friends, I'm Rebecca, and I'm Kenton,
1: this is Rewild University's Unleash Your Life podcast.
0: Wow, way to go, give me five. Ooh. That was a great episode. Yeah. Oh, all right, well.
1: Wait, what are you doing?
0: I'm going to hit delete.
1: You can't do that. Well, yeah, and hit delete. Why would you hit delete? Well, the whole
0: purpose of this episode is to have people turn it off and go out into nature. So, don't yeah. we want to get rid of it so they no. don't even have to listen to the
1: episode? No, no. The point of it is for them to listen to the episode and then turn it off and go use the inspiration that they've hopefully gained. Besides, I don't like talking about them, quote, in front of them when they're listening. Oh. We don't want them to delete it, we want them to use it. Oh. Turning off is different than deleting.
0: Yeah, I knew that. I'm, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know sometimes, hun. What? At least you're cute.
0: Really? You think yeah. so?
1: Yes, I do. So.
0: Is it the way my hair is now growing out like little owl wings on the side? Your hair has been now. growing
1: out like owl wings for a while now.
0: It is cute, isn't it? It's,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but not cute, maybe, in the way that like I'm hoping Like a little for.
1: baby owlet, cute. <laughs> <laughs> or something, if a baby owlet was on a grown man. <laughs> You know, okay, so why are we saying to turn off this podcast anyway? What's the deal with that?
0: Well, that's the whole point of this episode, is to try to get people to spend a little bit more time in nature. And often that means getting off of our devices. Yeah, I guess this has kind of been the story of our whole YouTube journey. Let's start a YouTube channel that will get people not to watch YouTube.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It is kind of ridiculous, isn't it? But even nowadays, more I feel as though I'm seeing technology that's trying to help people not to be using technology so much.
0: There's some good signs. There are various different apps and things that can help us to be, well, let's just say a little less habitual in our consumption of various of our devices and our media. But there's also... Which I think we'll talk about in this episode some interesting apps and things on our devices which can sometimes enhance our experience of nature.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm I, okay, yeah. So, I, this
0: does not have to be luditeful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's a mouthful. Luddite, oh, you're funny. <laughs> oh, man. I want to jump in and say, though, aside from technology, there is and this comes from my own personal experience, there is a whole, I don't know, category, if you will, of doingness that to me, for my life, is just as detrimental as the technology.
0: That's really true. Sometimes, at least here in the Midwest, it's a badge of honor to say, yeah, I've been really busy. Or at least pre-corona, we heard that a lot. People just saying, yeah, I've been really busy, I've been really busy. And that, well, when that becomes our regular life, it's hard to do things that seem extracurricular, like going and spending time in nature. But I think we're gonna suggest here that spending time in nature, maybe is best not to be shunted off to be one of the extracurricular things. But... It
1: should be a, maybe a staple or a mainstay to help us cultivate that sense of, well, there's all sorts of benefits from going outside. Oh my
0: gosh. In the recent years, I mean, this was all I think kind of started by Richard Louvre and his last child in the woods mm-hmm. in his coining of the term nature deficit disorder, which he saw as something that was affecting children of today. And we can kind of harken back to that golden age when, well, in our generation, when kids were kind of turned loose and it was, let's say it's a weekend and no school and, or it's the summer and you're just kind of ushered out the door by your parents and you're bundled up for a winter adventure and you spend the day outside with your friends, maybe in that abandoned lot down the way or in the woods if you lived in a place more in the country or out in the fields, ice skating, going for bike rides. These were normal parts of growing up and now more and more often we see kids just sitting at home on their devices
1: yeah and again since corona a lot of kids are spending time on their devices all day anyway because that's the only way we can do school at the moment so that adds up to a whole lot of screen time and then that just gets habitual it's not necessarily anybody's fault
0: right it's i mean as our technology develops our devices become more and more enticing there's well you can sit down on the internet we all know and you can spend all day exploring whatever some (laughs) underwater knitting haven't
1: we brought that up before i think so seriously look it up somebody
0: really did. (laughs) so there's these rabbit holes if you will and some of them are great i mean you can sit down and you can educate yourself and listen to philosophy learn about history all this stuff you can intake this massive amount of knowledge that is now available to us but Sometimes that gets us away from this direct experience that we can get in a conversation, a face-to-face conversation, or climbing a tree in the woods.
1: Yeah, or even just being able to weed outside in your garden and plant some plants. It's such a nourishing feeling. And I'm sure that it goes even beyond that. I mean, isn't science telling us? Hasn't science found in the last, I don't know, yeah. time frame? But- <laughs>
0: Well, since Louvre wrote that book, there have been a remarkable number of studies done. And some of this came out of the studies of Shinrin-yoku. We had these really interesting studies coming out of Japan on Shinrin-yoku, forest bathing. We've done an episode on this, which is essentially just a mindful walk through the woods. And they started to show that even gazing on a picture of nature, even sometimes the color green, was having physiological benefits for people, lowered blood pressure, reduced cortisol levels, and also some subjective measures as far as feeling less stressed, feeling happier in life. And these were long lasting effects. People would take a walk in the woods or they would spend a day in a room that had more green and pictures of nature. And sometimes a couple weeks later, there still would be measurable benefits. Now, as Research has continued in other countries. It's just gotten stronger and stronger the evidence showing well, a whole laundry list of things Oh, tell me some. Mm. Well, a big one is is attention. So, what? <laughs> 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 I got gotcha. Oh, you're good. You're good. <laughs> so quick on the draw. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these studies have been done with children, and so they'll use a school setting and Measurements are uh, looking at ADHD, for instance, and noticeably less ADHD correlating with the amount of nature mm. exposure that we have. And of course, these types of studies they're all kind of correlation based, but when we see enough of that correlation, we can start to suspect that there's causation. Mm-hmm. And so, the list that you would find online would be attention is increased, the ability to have that good attention I've Seen lower obesity rates higher rates of physical and mental and emotional illness in people that do not have nature exposure when people do have more nature exposure an interesting one they found is improved conflict resolution wow. which has to do with a calmer state of mind of course vitamin d deficiency oh, in people sun. who are not out in nature and higher levels of vitamin D. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: think just being able to have sunshine, no matter what, I mean, makes you happy. I feel like there's going to be some study fairly soon that says it's not just vitamin D. It's something else too, that triggers positive emotional responses in us when we are in the sun.
0: That is, that's great. They're actually showing that there's a number of different hormones. We know vitamin D is not actually a vitamin, but it's a hormone, correct?
1: I think it's like a pre-hormone. Pre-hormone,
0: yeah. So, that okay, aside, we don't need to get that detail, <laughs> but they're finding that there's a number of things that happen in our body when we're exposed to sunlight, and that research is just coming out. So, I predict you're going to be your prediction is going to be absolutely correct. And That'll that's be fascinating. Going to show us getting out in the sun, it's great for you, and incidentally, slathering on all that sunscreen, some of which has now been shown to have some pretty toxic stuff in it maybe wasn't such a great idea after all.
1: Yeah, it just reminds me, this is also a quick aside in Hawaii, of that we really need to pay attention to what goes into the ocean. Oh. So I know some of our sunscreens are definitely causing the coral to die off. And so that's just another reason, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't be safe about the sun. There's, There's definitely ways to be safe. Anyway, that's a completely different topic.
0: Aggression. So these were noticing that more time in nature Meant less aggression, and children that were having nature deficit (laughs) Mm. tended to have higher aggression rates and lower depression if you're out in nature, and this higher ability to deal with stress.
1: Wow. You know, that sounds an awful lot like all the benefits of meditation. Just saying.
0: That is a very interesting thing to say because when we read this list, we start to see wait a second, okay. So time in nature, reduced anxiety, measurable reduced anxiety. Well, same with meditation. And reduced cortisol levels, reduced uh, blood pressure.
1: Increased ability to deal with stress. You know, we should try sometime to do an episode where we don't use the word meditation. I don't even know if we could do it. (laughs) we must say that word every single episode
0: you know what would be interesting to me no, nobody's done this study but i'd love to see it done is they've done these studies on the brains of meditators hey i used the word meditators what no meditate yeah this is just meditators so i got away with it
1: no to try not to? we'll do like the m-e-d-i-t-a-t you can't A- anything use that. that okay yeah meditation the brains of meditators meditators. see
0: now we said we wouldn't use it we've used it four times in the last three seconds
1: (laughs) well we're not trying in this episode we'll try another episode
0: so they did these studies i think these were at the uw madison in wisconsin actually on meditators and finding that when you begin a meditation practice soon after some areas of your brain the parts that are having to do with rational thinking with more emotional intelligence and resilience, those parts actually grow, become larger, measurably Physically larger. Physically larger? Yeah. Wow. And the amygdala, which is our fight-or-flight response center, ah, panic, that shrinks wow. and gets smaller. Wow, oh, I'm
1: so glad I have a meditation practice. Yeah,
0: it's helpful. <laughs> <laughs> but I would love to see a study where they have people who log... X amount of mm, nature hours I was a wondering. day. Do we see that same reduction in the amygdala in the growth of other areas of the brain? Wow,
1: that would be really, really intriguing. Yeah. Too bad we don't have the ability to set up a, an experiment like that.
0: I think a hacksaw and a, like measuring oh, tape, and you could gross. try it out. Gross! That's so gross. <laughs> don't people like?
1: I don't drill know. A hole oh, I don't want to their... talk about this. Yucky. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. Onward ho.
1: Oh my goodness. Okay, so we we are seeing time in nature really has all of these benefits. And that's great, but how do we get ourselves and or our loved ones out in nature more? Because what, I'm going to be the practical person here. Life happens, we need to get some stuff done. So, I mean, it sounds pretty important, but how do I do it?
0: Yeah, and the problem goes deeper because there are accessibility issues. Some people just don't, you know, live in the middle of the city. Okay, yeah. And to get to nature is maybe even for you, you know, financially difficult because you don't have the extra gas to just take a trip out of the city. You don't well, have that
1: extra gas money. Or. How are we defining nature here? Like a large tract of land? Or. <laughs> no, you know,
0: nature can come in a lot of different forms. And I think that's an important thing to point out here because the, the accessibility to large tracts of wilderness or even large parks is, is not there for everybody. Just you know, physically, socially, economically, it's just yes. not there for a lot of people. But the ability to have, let's say, a nature-based background on your computer or your phone Some house plants? Some house plants or some pictures on the wall that you got from the thrift store that have some nature images on them. Those have all been shown to give you at least some small benefit. Probably not the same here as getting out into that big nature area. But as a culture, we might have to look at something that is proven to be so good for people. Could we increase accessibility? Could we have more green areas in the middle of cities? Could we have buses that take people? Well,
1: I was going to say, what about groups of people that could carpool or uh, bus is a great idea where you could then join the group for free, let's say, and go out to the closest place that has walking trails or has more access to a larger variety of plants and animals and things like that.
0: Yeah. Now, part of this is a, a more subtle form of accessibility because also, often we just don't think of nature as as important, as something that is really good for us, that is pleasurable. In fact, when we look at how our media portrays, let's say on a show like Alone or something, portrays oh, nature. yeah, man against the wild. Yes, we've created this mythology that going out in nature is for really tough people and you've got to have if not a huge hunting rifle to fight off whatever's going to come and at least a big bowie knife and and something to protect yourself from the ravages of the wilderness and we have people that are afraid of various animals in the woods that really are not dangerous and we have well just a lot of fear and so i think about alone and i think all right nature is shown to be something that breaks people that they have to really fight through and then the thought of going out into nature myself that's subtly implanted in my brain there (laughs) that that nature is not gonna be pleasant it's gonna suck and of course there's the reality of nature which is that sometimes it does kind of suck i mean mosquitoes the sun's too bright and you get sunburned it's too cold it's Mm -hmm. rainy it's
1: too hot There are wild animals.
0: There are wild animals. That's pretty rare. Yeah.
1: But there still are. Yeah. More the wild animal that I fear is really, really teeny, teeny, tiny, and it's called the deer tick. (laughs) The most dangerous of the wild animals, (laughs) around here at least. Okay, so you have this sort of image of nature. We could almost think of Mother Nature, just kind of wicked and uncaring and completely red of
0: tooth and claw yeah
1: we've talked about that before (laughs) so then what do you do naturally you're sitting cozily let's say okay here right now in the united states of america where we live it's a winter i'm gonna sit with my cup of tea by the fire i've got a really neat podcast or informative video i'm watching and why would i go out into that
0: into that it's windy out and kind of blowing and and you can just imagine Or it's
1: raining and it's just about to freeze
0: (laughs) so this is the key to developing an accessibility that isn't just about getting to nature getting out the door but it's the also the mental emotional aspects of re rewiring our thoughts about nature you know the reality is that that walk in the park or out in even the big wilderness areas is going to be 99.999% of the time super pleasant. It's going to be peaceful and it's going to give you all these benefits that have been shown precisely because nature tends to be more peaceful, less stressful.
1: Interesting, isn't it? How could we get all those benefits if nature truly was so terribly awful? Right. Very, very interesting. Well, also, it reminds me, this is sort of an analogy. You can, let's say, give a performance or, you know, a speech or something, and you can have 10 people come up to you and say, oh, that was amazing, oh, you inspired me so much. And then you can have the one person who comes up to you and is like, that was kind of stupid and I don't think you're very well informed or, you know, you're not as good as so-and-so. And that one negative will stick with you like a thorn in your side versus the large majority of other people who thought it was wonderful. And it's like that in nature too. You can have 50 beautiful hikes and sunsets and and watching birds making a nest and all these awesome things. And then you can have one time where you go out and the gnats are absolutely awful. You have inhaled five of them, one got in your eye. And why do we remember that?
0: Yeah, that's one of the gems of mindfulness is that recognition that our mind has a tendency to latch on to the negative. When we know that, we can be prepared for it and then we don't fall prey to it in the same way. But we've seen that even with our, our kids. I was thinking when we were out in Colorado and going for that hike and we got into a mess of red ants. Oh
1: yeah. Uh-huh. And the
0: girls were bitten by ants. and. They didn't really want to go outside after that. No. Nature had suddenly taken on, despite all the <laughs>
1: wonderful times before that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Had taken on this this viciousness, this fearfulness. And again, that's that's part of recognizing this accessibility. And it's why one of the first things we suggest to people when they want to have more nature in their life is to I'm gonna say curate things a little bit. Um had things. Wait, like wait, that.
1: whoa, whoa, wait a second. You're saying get comfortable?
0: Yeah, oh, I know. The opposite you, of everything you are we like, preach.
1: You're like the, the <laughs> grandfather of do what's uncomfortable because eventually you'll feel wonderful. Which <laughs> I understand. There's a whole side to that. But you're, I want to get this clear. You are actually saying make it comfortable?
0: In this case, I am advocating <laughs> comfort when you first go out into nature. And the the reason is that when, especially with children, but with ourselves, as, I'm not going to say especially, because it's just as important with ourselves.
1: I mean, we're just children that are grown up.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let's imagine that it is winter. Okay. And it's, it's kind of chilly out, and the wind is blowing. Now, we can look out the window, and it looks marvelous and beautiful. Some of the coolest times I've been out have been when this... Oh. There's huge snow devils, which is swirling. Wind is swirling up into mini tornadoes of snow. And you go out and you feel like you're on the planet Hoth. And it's just you in the world because no other human is silly enough to go out there. (laughs) But we can look out at that and there's no way we want to go out there. But if we have really good winter gear, if we have boots that are going to keep our feet warm and body covering and mittens where our fingers aren't going to be cold. hot
1: potatoes in them
0: with hot potatoes, yeah. Did everybody see that recent video? The amazing hot potato hand warmers.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you're actually advocating here to have some good gear.
0: To have some good winter gear. When you go out then, you're going to find that you're not cold and you can enjoy this experience. Mm. If you go out underdressed and, okay, take yourself and your family out and you get 30 feet out and Child's crying already because there's snow down their boot and it's blowing into your eyes. You're not going to go out again for like the whole winter.
1: (laughs) No, I have one of my very best friends and she is so sweet. She loves to snowshoe and she just can't wait for winter and for snow so she can snowshoe. But when you see her, she has like 15 sweaters on and three different scarves and (laughs) she says, well, don't get confused. I love winter, but I don't like to be cold. And so she's got that philosophy, down pat, get dressed up warm so that you can enjoy the cold. And to be
0: clear, once you've really learned to love and appreciate winter, I'm going to be pounding on your door saying, all right, now take off all your clothes and go roll in the snow. (laughs) So (laughs) there's even an enjoyment to the cold. But at first, as we're getting ourselves to really be passionate about something, in this case, nature, to make it accessible via making it comfortable makes mm. a big deal. And this goes beyond just having the right clothes. It can mean, oh, am I actually going to say this?
1: You're being recorded.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. You might put some bug spray on if you're going out and it's mosquito I <laughs> can't believe I said that. <laughs> you might put some bug spray on. You might wear a sun hat if it's really sunny out. You might bring a thermos with some ice cold iced tea or lemonade if you're going out on that hot summer day.
1: And if you have kids, you might want to bring some snacks along because let me tell you, when you're hungry and you're cold or you're hot and you're tired, having a little pick me up like that, some rations as we call it, then you start to actually feel like an adventurer. And I think that's part of the beauty of this is that if you think of yourself a little bit like an adventurer, going out to have this marvelous experience, then you might think ahead a little bit and you might actually make those potato hand warmers. You might actually make that iced tea and put it in a thermos and stick it in your pack, as opposed to just saying, let's go! And then, as you said, you get so far down the the trail and everybody's ready to go back.
0: And naturally, you have geniusly segued into the next part Are you calling me a
1: genius? Of course I am. Why, thank
0: you. Oh, I hold you in the highest regard. (laughs)
1: All right, I've segued into what you want to talk about next. I was
0: going to say something there, but I didn't.
1: (laughs) You know, let's just keep on here. Okay,
0: we'll keep on. So besides that, making it comfortable, the other way that we make it accessible is we make it emotionally accessible by making it fun, by making ourselves want to get out into nature. Ooh. And lots of ways we can do this.
1: has to compete with video games.
0: Yeah, but you hit on something that is great for kids. And for kidly grown-ups, too, which is to prepare for your adventure. Mm. Now, a lot of kids and grown-ups, they've played these kind of role-playing adventure games. So you're going to head out, let's say, into an open-world RPG. And part of it is getting your backpack and having the sword and the food and the other things that are going to allow you to adventure and travel and have a good time of it and not get eaten by a dragon. So. When you go out, you can think that same way. All right, kids, let's pack this pack full of adventuring provisions. And what are we going to bring? And then let the kids, or your kidly self, to pack maybe even some things that you won't necessarily need, like some rope, or <laughs> or that bowie knife, just in case you do meet the dragon. And get good food in there, sensible things too. Don't make the pack too heavy so that it's going to be comfortable for you to wear it. And now you've created a sense of adventure. So when you go out and people start to get a little bit cold, you stop in a little sheltered area, you start a fire, and you cook some marshmallows over the fire. Completely different experience than going out and it's freezing and it's still freezing and this sucks and get me home.
1: (laughs) It's true. Well, and we know that our minds crave novelty. So even if we're just going to go to the very same park we always go to, could we try to find a different angle Hmm. to go visit? Can we see, hey, do I notice any squirrel's nests or bird activity? No, there's always animals, even in urban settings, and that's kind of fun. What tracks do I notice? And so I think it's important that we set it up as an adventure or as something that is new to us. I mean, the sky is always shifting, There are always things going on in nature and sometimes they're very subtle. Even just the patterns of snow drifts and how they go. That tells you a lot about where the wind goes. And it it is kind of cool to think that if you paid enough attention or you started to look at things like that, you really start to learn some things that maybe other people don't know.
0: Yeah, it's a perfect example of how knowledge, and here we can bring in our, our technology if we want, Knowledge can increase our appreciation of something. So if I walk through the winter woods, yeah, it's snow and trees, kind of cool. Now, what if I take an online tracking seminar or read a really good book on tracking or I decide that I'm gonna watch some YouTube videos on tracking and I gain some knowledge. Now when I walk out, Mm. the snow, which was just the ground before, has become a tapestry, alive with an entire language of stories of sentences that are written in the tracks of a squirrel that if we read them long enough start to compose a tale of that squirrel's life and fox and rabbit
1: i have hair. to interrupt do you remember that really cool track that we were doing of the mouse down the frozen stream and then the owl oh. the wing oh man this perfect wing prints of the owl whoop, coming down in and no more mouse tracks. (laughs) So amazing.
0: Very dramatic story told. I mean, I
1: get goosebumps when I think about it. And that's one of those things that if I hadn't known about tracking, I wouldn't even probably looked at it. The snow is just the snow, the ground's the ground, branches are branches, trees are trees. And so again, how can we turn on that adventure mindset, put on the adventure goggles and start seeing things that we might never have noticed before?
0: So we can use tracking. We can use foraging. Mm, We can use learning bushcraft skills where something like an old log suddenly turns into a bunch of punk wood. And those dead stalks turn into a source of making some cordage, some string. When we start to gain this knowledge, the world of nature just transforms for us in marvelous ways.
1: You were talking about some apps. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk about the Bird app, which I find to be so awesome. And if you have any interest in birds, this is a really neat thing, because there's so many birds out there, and as you travel different places, maybe you drive south to visit some family, what birds are down there that you don't know? And there's this amazing app where you can record the song of a bird, and it'll try to tell you what it thinks is the closest, most likely bird.
0: And Sadly, I can't think of its name, but it's put out by Cornell University, so it's very easy to find. But you basically hear a bird, you're going to hit record, and you're going to get the sound wave of that bird, the audio imprint, and that's going to be sent in, and boom, you'll get an ID back. It's not always correct, but it's going to give you an ID and a picture of the bird, and then you can go and search. And that has done wonders for our identification of birdsong, which has always been a weak spot for me, I know, in my nature skills.
1: Yeah, it's just so fun to kind of connect more, and then you might discover a bird you never noticed before, and then you can learn a bit more about that. It's really, really fun. There's
0: plant ID apps, mushroom ID apps, just general nature ID apps where you can take a picture of whatever you're seeing, and it will come back and tell you, oh, wow, that's a... Pine Martin. So there's a wealth of material, and of course, new things always coming out that basically help us to get that knowledge aspect of nature, which then increases our sense of adventure, makes the forest, the sea, shore, whatever it is, more interesting, more fun, and thus more emotionally accessible.
1: And this is just a side part of accessibility, but there are some people who actually can't go outside they're in the hospital, or they have an injury, for whatever reason, aren't able to get out into nature. It might just be a short period of time. You can always use that as fuel for yourself to go out and then take some photos and share it with that friend who's stuck inside right now, or who's in the hospital, whatever it might be, and say, hey, I wanted to take you on this little virtual walk with me and look at these pictures. This is what I saw today. And wow, that is just, that deepens that sense of goodness, I think.
0: Thank you for having that compassionate thought. You think of somebody in a, well, in the hospital, let's say. Well, typically, we get people flowers and that's some nature and it's awesome. Definitely. But there's other things like a pine cone or a shelf fungus or other things that you can bring into that person and set them there instead of the flowers. As you said, bring or with you photos, the flowers. Or videos, yeah, or with the flowers, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Some bird song or some waterfall, I mean, the sounds of nature, I think the more you can create kind of a nature environment. And that could be something that if you do live in the middle of an inner city or something, that's another great way. So aside from just having some plants, having some pictures, you know, how about some balsam fir scent in your bathroom? And how about some of those pine cones you can touch? How about some bird song playing mm-hmm. in the background? Just to give you more of a boost.
0: Wow. Just think of the senses. Think yeah. of all five senses. Many more than that. But think of all five senses and how you could naturize them a little bit for Ooh, people. Ooh, yeah.
1: Naturize your senses. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You know what? Is it time?
0: I think it's time.
1: It's time for you to unleash your life. Woo! <laughs> and action point number one kind of obvious, but find one way to make getting out into nature more accessible. This is a
0: little motivational trick because when we're asked to do one thing, that's much easier than saying, okay. Have to make nature more accessible. <laughs> That's Whoa. just so
1: vast and nebulous, How do and I do that? too too much, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So I have to share a story. For the longest time, I just had a pair of long underwear and a pair of jeans. Mm-hmm. That was my winter garb. Mm-hmm. And I found myself over time thinking more and more. I don't really want to go out because everything would get snowy, and then it would get wet, and then I would be cold. And so finally, finally, finally. I caved in, and I bought myself a really, really, really good pair of snow pants. Yeah. Sounds kind of funny. I always sort of poo-pooed, oh, grown-ups don't need snow pants, whatever. <laughs> snow pants are for kids. But I got a great pair of snow pants, and oh, my gosh, I could I could do stuff I never really did before. I didn't realize how much not having that was holding me back. It kept me so much warmer. It kept me drier. And then, so much more possibility.
0: Wow. So that one thing, think of that one thing that you can do because that one thing then is usually going to lead to other things. If you get those snow pants, it's going to make sense. Okay. Yeah. My head's been really cold too because I have this old thin ragged cap and you get yourself a really nice hat and wow, suddenly it's different.
1: I mean, you can think of if you have to buy gear, think of it as an investment in your health because going out into nature is so good for us that why wouldn't you do it? You know, if you're gonna buy a juicer or a special blender or a special supplement or you're gonna go to the chiropractor, why not buy yourself some good winter clothes or some good summer clothes or something that's gonna get you out into nature more and is gonna give you all of those benefits.
0: And this one thing doesn't have to be necessarily purchasing something. It could be, all right, I find that I'm not motivated because I don't like going out by myself. And I might say, well, My one way of making nature more accessible is I'm going to call up my friend, Mary Ann, and say, Mary Ann, once a week, would you like to go down to the park with me? And we'll just walk once around the lake and make a commitment to that.
1: Yeah, so accessibility, as you've pointed out, doesn't have to be just gear. Think about what keeps you from getting out into nature. Where is a sticking point for you? And then see if you can get creative about removing that sticking point and actually making it Easy, making it smooth.
0: Remember that you, like Rebecca, are a genius and you're super creative (laughs) and you can find a way to undo that part of your brain that says "Mm, I don't know because you've got it.
1: And the more that you actually go out and have a great experience then the next time it's this awesome training, train your brain, that says oh Yeah, I'm going to go, because the last time I went, oh, it was so fun.
0: Wow. Number two? Yeah. All right, number two. Number two. Pick an activity. Awesome. And? Go for it. Cultivate it. Nice. Okay, how do you do this? Well,
1: let's take the birding example. Okay. Let's say you just find yourself having an interest in birds, and maybe you have a knack. You kind of can remember, oh, that's Golden Crown Kinglet, and oh, yeah, that song, that's that. And you might even have people who, when you hike with them, they say, hey, what is that bird? So grab a book or binoculars or the app Mm. and make that an excuse. Hey, I'm going to go out and I'm going to try to figure out what that one bird is that I don't really know. Wow. And start to just cultivate that interest. Get that to be a reason that helps you. Make that your accessibility point.
0: So in other words, you're creating an activity that draws you out outside because it's an outside necessary activity. And it's something that you're already interested in. So there's motivation that's primed already inside of you to get you moving in that direction. Oh yeah, direction.
1: yeah. Or if there's something you've always been interested in, you want a mountain bike or you want to learn to ice skate, a lot of places you can rent your materials, your equipment, yeah. and you can just try it. You know, Maybe ask a friend or two to go with you and see if you can create a new hobby or a new interest that takes you outside more. It's just really fun to see all the different ways in which you can engage with nature. Mm. Wow.
0: Number three. Nature-based vacation, because, you know, we're all really going on a lot of vacations right now.
1: Right, yeah.
0: Yeah, so where are you going to (laughs) fly (laughs) to? But there may come a time again when vacations are slightly more normal for some people.
1: Yeah, well, and you can take a vacation just with your family unit or yourself or a close friend that you feel comfortable with just nearby. But if it's a nature-based vacation, you could even just set your tent up in your yard
0: if you live in the united states there are if you want to get out of your yard there's so much nature accessible and in other parts of the world you probably have some choices you know you can go to ireland you can get a guidebook on going to ireland and you can hit all the big towns and cities and historical places and that's awesome you can also we used to have a great book on the nature of ireland I think yeah. it's
1: called Wild Ireland Wild, or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: So you could also structure that vacation to Ireland around some of the really natural places. Doesn't mean you can't hit a pub now and again. Oh yeah, but, for sure. But wow, see some of the incredible cliffs and seashores and hills and wow.
1: And I gotta jump in. If you do go someplace that isn't your hometown, talk to some locals because the locals know the gemstones. And that is how at least our family has found some of our most favorite places
0: mm-hmm. because,
1: sure, there's this really amazing, awesome, natural thing that everybody goes to and probably really worth seeing, but you don't have to go there every day. So if you find out the secret spots, oh, there's usually not as many people there. And oftentimes it's a place that you decide to go back to again and again.
0: It makes me think that often right off the path, the beaten path, there's something cool waiting.
1: There always is. You
0: know, if you're going to a place where there's these awesome rock formations, it's likely that those rock formations are also scattered around the area. My brother, I feel like, is one of the best people on the planet for finding those. When he goes to a state park, he never goes on the trails. <laughs> he will look overhead and find something that looks strange on, on Google Maps, and then he and his kids will trek out there, and oh my gosh, and he'll take us.
1: they're amazing there's so many amazing things so i think that's really important to remember is don't always have to stick to the usual route our last one okay turn off this podcast
0: do it get outside my friends yeah turn it
1: off don't delete it
0: (laughs) yeah take this one seriously nature exposure nature immersion is so awesome for us And it may be tough for you to get it, but remember, as we talked about in this episode, there's lots of different ways. Getting just a little bit more nature into your life is so healthful for our body, for our minds, for our entire being, well-being.
1: And then for other people, by consequence. And of course, it doesn't even have to be anything strenuous. Just string up a hammock, grab a book, and sit under the shade of a tree. Let's go do that.
0: All right, let's get out there. And but friends...
1: We can't really hang up a hammock right now, hon. We can't? We could, but it's kind of wintery.
0: Yeah, it's winter, but we're we going to do naked hammocking right naked now. Hammocking.
1: Come on. You want
0: to be comfortable <laughs> does, your
1: whole life, that lady? That does not sound good. <laughs> or maybe it does, naked <laughs> hammocking. Okay, in the winter, leave it to you. Oh. Yeah, share with us uh. what, you, what you do, how you make nature accessible.
0: Yeah, any tips? And we'd love to hear about your adventures that you're having right now. Okay. Love to you all.